So I was at a, a diocesan event uh, a few years back. The event was a, a conference on approaches uh, to new and experimental ministries. It was a it was a conference about mission and ministry and the tasks of the church in changing times. It was, it was really important stuff. And I, I can remember there was a buzz in the air and an enthusiasm for God's mission. Unfortunately, I remember almost nothing of what was actually said in the conference. I probably should have taken better notes. But there was one thing that stuck with me. There was one person. He was a, a layman, uh, and he uh, got up to speak about his, his own faith journey and his relationship with God. And in sharing his story, he, he said that when he first came to church, he came to church on his knees. Now, obviously, it was a figure of speech, but that expression, that he came to church on his knees, it stuck with me. And it touched me, and it touched me because this man was admitting vulnerability and weakness and the hope for forgiveness. He was admitting hunger and a, a longing for wholeness and wellness and healing. He was admitting that he was in need and that he was incomplete and that he was not going to be able to create that completeness on his own. He was acknowledging the fact that he needed God, and he needed a, a community of people around him that would point to God through their words and through their deeds. I'm thinking that this man at the conference must have known the Jesus who we meet in today's gospel lesson. We're told, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This morning, we, we find ourselves in the middle of Matthew's gospel. And after his baptism, Jesus has called some disciples. He's, he's given the Sermon on the Mount. He's had some conflicts with the religious authorities and has been healing and casting out demons. And this forming of community and this teaching and the healing are all ways of proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God which he embodies with his life and which emerges wherever he goes. And the kingdom of God, if you might remember, is not some otherworldly reality or something that happens after, in heaven after we die, but rather what the world looks like when God's will is done and humanity flourishes. It is what the world becomes when human beings have been restored to union with God and with one another. And of course, everywhere Jesus goes, he finds people who are vulnerable. In city and in village, Jesus encounters illness and despair. 
he discovers people who are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so in response, Jesus sets in motion the community of followers that he has called to himself, these 12 disciples. And Jesus believes that his disciples are now adequately equipped to go out and to proclaim the gospel and to embody the kingdom of God themselves. And he, and he gives them the authority to do so. Jesus starts by sending the disciples to people who are similar to themselves by sending them to the so-called lost sheep of Israel. And Jesus gives the disciples a really very simple and easy task, doesn't he? They are only called to cure the sick, raise the dead, <laughs> cleanse the lepers, and, you know, cast out demons. All of the simple, basic, easy stuff, right? But these are the, the very things that Jesus himself has been doing. And here, Jesus' mission becomes their mission. Jesus' task and purpose have been made their task and purpose. There is no distinction between what they are to do and what Jesus himself has been doing. The community of followers that, that Jesus has chosen and called to himself are given the task to be out in the world doing the things that Jesus does. This was the task of these disciples, and it becomes the task of any community that looks to follow Jesus. And so we, too, have been chosen by Jesus, though we might not often think of ourselves in those terms, but we, too, have been called to go out into the world, living into the tasks that Jesus gave to those very first disciples. And I want to admit that that's pretty heady stuff, because we might harbor doubts about whether such power even exists, which is, I think, a fair concern. But I'd like to say this morning that I, I think that you'll find that if you hang around churches long enough, things might happen that amaze you. And of course, any power that would be manifest is not ours, just as it wasn't the disciples' power, but rather it is God's power working through the lives of the disciples. And indeed, God often works through disciples today, or, or so has been my experience. But I think what also makes this news heady is this sense of, of power that Jesus gives. Because Jesus gives this, this authority, right, over illness and death to these disciples. And that might make us think that, that he has given them a power which will make them immune to the perils and dangers of this world. We might think that the authority Jesus gives will also give them safety and security, but really the opposite is the case. If we had kept reading today's gospel lesson, one of the things that Jesus says to the disciples is that when they go on their missionary journey, they are to take with them no money or a bag or an extra set of clothes, 
or even sandals or even a staff. They are to go out into the world exposed and vulnerable. They are to be dependent on the kindness of others for their survival. They are to go to others who are harassed and helpless and do so as ones who are themselves, in some sense, harassed and helpless. The power and authority that Jesus gives to the disciples does not come from from strength or from force, but rather from the, the vulnerability and insecurity that comes with love and communion. Jesus sends the disciples out, especially to serve the neediest and the poorest. And elsewhere, Jesus will say that as we care for them, as they would care for them and as we would care for them, they will also directly and we will also directly care for him. But here's the thing. Jesus sends the disciples out as people who who are themselves in need and who are vulnerable and who will need care. And this brings me back to that that man at the conference. Because he wasn't just someone who had known the healing power of God at work in his life, but he had become someone who had also become a disciple. He was not just someone who, who was in no small way healed, but also someone who had become a healer. And the healing power that he tapped into did not come from some sort of strength and competency of his own, but rather from his own story and his own wounds and his own fragility and his own vulnerability. Jesus' disciples are not set apart to be immune from the dangers of this world, but rather are set in the middle of them standing with people who are in need and standing with them as a healing presence. Jesus calls on us to care for the poor and the marginalized, for the, the prisoner and those who are sick, for the, for the persecuted and the oppressed. But we are to do so as those who are also in touch with their own need and their own poverty. It is only when Only then, when we are in touch with that poverty, our own poverty, that we can truly serve. It is only then that we can know God's love for others and indeed know God's love for ourselves. As we come in touch with our own poverty, then we can be people who catch a glimpse into what it means to to love God and to love our neighbor with all of our hearts. And it will be in this way that we will know God's love in return. As we come to know our own vulnerability, then we can know what it's like to be at one with God and at one with our neighbor. It is in the risk of being vulnerable that we can know what it means to be in communion with Jesus and with one another. Amen.